Hello, and welcome to the Connected Divergence podcast. I'm Tina Etheridge. I'm an ADHD coach and ADHD coach. And on this podcast, I talk about all of my favorite mindset downloads to the experience of being neurodivergent, where we basically get rid of all of those old neurotypical mindsets to create space for these new neurodivergent mindset downloads, these perspectives. And what I want to talk about today is the concept of storm journaling as an emotional regulation tool. And so if you are neurodivergent, you might have the experience, not everyone does, but you might have the experience of when you are upset, when you experience emotional um, emotional dysregulation or rejection sensitivity or you are someone with PMDD and your, <laughs> your dopamine levels crash right before or during your period, right? There's so many scenarios. There's literally so many scenarios that are so common for us with ADHD. And the reason for that is emotional regulation is part of our executive functioning. And so a lot of times we think about executive functioning and we think, oh, that is my ability to do the task that I want to do or that my boss wants me to do or for me to do this hobby that I love and enjoy, right? It's my you know, ability to initiate this task. And executive functioning does not just include task initiation or working memory. It also includes emotional regulation, And so very often ADHDers experience very intense waves of emotions, like kind of roller coaster like emotions where, you know, in the span of a 24 hour day, a 12 hour day, we can go from feeling amazing to feeling like absolute garbage to to back and forth, right? Any kind of direction we can go. We can go so many different directions based on our environment, the people around what's happening um, being overstimulated, being understimulated, all of these different circumstances can affect our emotional regulation. And so, with this experience, I spent so much of my life experiencing intense emotions, right? Extreme sadness, anger, and not knowing what to do with those emotions and just feeling like I shouldn't have them, right? Because other people don't have them. You know, the people that I see in my life don't get so upset or don't experience rejection sensitivity. And so I need to fix this. This is something that needs to be fixed. This is something about me that needs to be changed or healed. And I spent quite a lot of time in therapy trying to do that, especially with cognitive behavioral therapy and Having the moment where my therapist was explaining these cognitive fallacies, you know, black and white thinking, catastrophizing, and so on, and me being like, cool, I understand that I'm catastrophizing. I understand that I'm experiencing all or nothing thinking, but that doesn't actually help me feel better. (laughs) That doesn't actually help me. I can't, I mean, when I'm dysregulated, I'm in storm brain. Like that's what I like to call it. I'm in a storm. My brain is in a storm and there is no amount of logic. There is no amount of trying to be rational or reasonable with myself or reason with myself and talk my way out of it. Like, no, I can't just 
talk my way out of it or mindset shift or, ooh, just be positive or, oh yeah, let me just put a pin in it. I saw a creator on Instagram talk about just putting a pin in it for 24 hours and then coming back to it. Like, if only it were so easy. If only I could. (laughs) I would if I could. If this was something under my conscious control, I would. But it's not. When I experience emotional dysregulation, intense, you know, emotional turmoil, my brain is in a storm. My brain is truly in a storm. And that's what it feels like. And what I have learned about myself through this journey of trying to understand my brain, trying to help other people understand their brains, is this is not something that we need to fix. This is not something that we need to talk ourselves out of or not have. This isn't even something that needs to be healed. And this is something where radical self-acceptance is everything. Accepting this part of who we are, leaning into it, embracing it, can be so much more powerful than trying to change or just stop this part of ourselves. And I just want to witness for a moment that having intense emotions does not make you a bad person. It doesn't it doesn't mean that you're broken. And in fact, I would imagine, I don't know you, but I would imagine that your emotional experiences add a lot of color and texture and vibrancy to your life. I would imagine that you are someone who experiences experiences things deeply and fully. And I would imagine that you're somebody that gives a shit. Maybe you're someone who notices small, beautiful details in nature, or you see a moment, you watch a movie, you see an interaction in real life, and it brings you to tears. And maybe it wouldn't bring other people to tears, but it does bring you to tears. It moves you. This is also connected with our emotional experience. And so there is a lot of good here, too. It probably affects your capacity for empathy and caring for others and wanting other people to feel safe, wanting other people to feel loved and respected. All of this comes with the whole package. And yeah, having intense emotions is really fucking hard, but also it makes you who you are and it makes the life that you have a lot more vibrant. And I hope you can see that. And so... Coming back to the idea of radical self-acceptance. When our brain is in the storm, we're not here to hop on a flight or a helicopter, God forbid, to try to make our way out of the storm. We need to ride out the storm as best we can, and we deserve to give ourselves the tools, the equipment that help us do so more comfortably so that it is more tolerable, more doable, and feels a little bit more cozy, even if it's just a little bit more cozy than it would if we just tried to ignore the fact that we are in a storm and we're getting beaten down with rain and hail and wind and like branches slapping in our face. Like that's what happens if we just ignore the fact that we're in a storm. Oh yeah, no, I'm not in the storm. It's sunny outside. And then we're getting, our skin's getting scratched up by all of these like debris flying through the air. No, no, no. We deserve to hunker down and take really, really excellent care of ourselves during the storm. And so this is something that I talk about in my Um, emotional dysregulation mini class, my coffee talk that I have available. Basically, the concept of creating an emergency emotional dysregulation toolkit, toolbox. 
protocol, whatever you want to call it, right? What are the things that make you feel more comforted and more safe that would help you during these times of turbulence? When you are in the storm, when your brain is in the storm, what helps you feel better? And that's something we have to think about before we are in the storm. Because once we are in the storm, that level of thinking of like, what are the things that make me feel better? Ooh, yeah, my weighted blanket. Ooh, yeah, some, um, what is the word? Noise canceling headphones and this particular kind of music or this actual one specific song. That all goes out the window. And also, sometimes it's not about making yourselves feel better. Sometimes when I am emotionally dysregulated, I will listen to the song This is actually like kind of (laughs) dark, sorry, but I will listen to the song that I listened to when my mom was sick before and kind of like after she passed away because that song helps me connect to the emotions that I'm experiencing. It's like a window. It's like a door. Like my emotional experience, I might have one thing that makes me sad, right? Something happens in my life and it makes me sad or upset. That thing that made me sad or upset, that feeling of sad and upset is connected with like every other feeling and moment of my life of me being sad and upset, right? It's like there's threads and they're all connected. And so sometimes when I help myself feel sad, I'm like, I want to listen to the saddest song that I've ever freaking heard. It helps me process my emotions better. So I wanted to add that caveat. It's not always about, oh yeah, I need to make myself feel better. Sometimes it's like, how do I make myself, or not make myself, but support myself in leaning into my emotional experience and feeling my feelings and feeling my way through this. So coming back to storm journaling, storm journaling is a tool that I love to use when I'm emotionally dysregulated. And the reason for that is a lot of times I don't understand why I'm emotionally dysregulated. Like I know something's wrong. I'm not feeling good. My brain is in a really, really dark place, right? Like the worst thoughts go through my mind when I'm emotionally dysregulated. But I often don't understand what's happening or there could be multiple things happening all at once. Or like I said, it isn't just this one thing that happened. This one thing that happened in the present is connected to all of these threads in my past. And, you know, if I take the time to intentionally sit with my feelings and sit in the storm, I'm able to look back and see like, oh, like I'll have these moments of epiphany. Oh my God, I'm not upset about this. This is actually this thing that happened to me 15 years ago, right? Like these very powerful, profound moments of understanding of clarity, like the light bulb going off. And I would never reach these if I did not storm journal. So I feel like I'm kind of getting around the point. Anyway, storm journaling is very simple. Storm journaling is literally stream of consciousness journaling. So that means unfiltered, uncensored, whatever is going through your mind and putting those thoughts onto paper. And when I say paper, I don't mean it has to be paper. In fact, when I'm extremely dysregulated, there is no chance that I'm going to be grabbing a pen and trying to write words like that. Ability for me goes out the window when I am in storm mode. So it can be, it can look like that for you, but it doesn't have to. What feels a lot more accessible to me in these moments is actually getting out my phone and typing on my notes app, or there's an app called Day One. I'm not sure if it's available for Android, but um, Day One is an app that allows you to kind of like have journal entries and there's like a lot of options to it. It's really cool. Um, But 
just stream of consciousness journaling. And so whatever is on your mind, whatever you are feeling, putting that into words on paper. And this is not the kind of journaling that you're writing with the intention of like your great grandchildren reading one day. Like, no, if you need to burn this after you're done, that's fine. This is for you and literally no one else but you in the moment that you need it. This is, this is a very different kind of journaling. And here's what happens when we write all of our thoughts, whatever they are, as dark, as messed up, as hurtful, as hurt, as wounded, as, you know, maybe shameful, right? Maybe we feel shame around those thoughts. Whatever they are, when we put them on paper, this is an act of radical self-acceptance. And in this way, it's an act of unshaming, right? When we put our thoughts onto paper, our feelings, our emotions, everything that we're going through onto paper, it is an act of witnessing. It is an act of saying, hey, you know, this part of my brain, the storm brain, I see you. I see that you are here and I am making space to hear you. I am making space to listen to what you have to tell me right now. And I'm not going to shut you out. I'm not going to shut you down. I'm not going to tell you that you're too much or you're exaggerating or you're, you know, being too emotional. No, I'm not going to say any of that. I'm, I'm creating this space, this tool of storm journaling to fully hear what you have to say. And in this way, you guys, it is an act of radical self-acceptance to write your thoughts, stream of consciousness as they come onto paper and to witness them without trying to change them, right? There is no pressure to try to reframe them, right? There is no, I can't give you any kind of journaling prompts. I mean, I could, but, and maybe I will at the end of this, but it doesn't really, there, prompts don't really matter here. This isn't anything to try to say, okay, how are you feeling? Okay, what are the logical fallacies that your brain is, oh, you're catastrophizing. How can you reframe this thought? I am telling you to do none of that. I am telling you to throw that shit out of the window for this. And listen, if it hasn't worked for you before, <laughs> right, it probably won't, it won't be working for you. So I am telling you with storm journaling, what we are here to do is witness and create space and let this part of our brain, our storm brain, have a platform to speak, right? To tell us its wisdom, for us to listen to the wisdom that it has for us. And no, it doesn't mean that we, you know, that everything we think is true or everything we write down is true, but it is true for this fraction of a moment of our emotional experience. And in that way, we need to honor it. We don't need to silence it. We don't need to push it away. We need to listen to it. And here's what can happen, what often happens when we begin to listen to this emotional side of ourselves, right? When we give this part of ourselves space, it feels more free, right? It feels less shame. It feels less like a part of ourselves that is broken. And in this way, it becomes part of the tapestry of our experiences. And in fact, when we don't push this part of ourselves away, but we sit with it, we lean into it, we embrace it, it means that we are actually going to move through the storm a lot faster. It's sort of like if you're thinking of a hurricane in the eye of the hurricane, right? If you're trying to take, God forbid, a helicopter or a plane or even a boat out of this hurricane and you don't really know which direction to go, you don't have radar, you're just kind of guessing, 
you can end up staying in the storm for so much longer than if you were to just stay put and ride out the storm. And so with this, I'm saying that when we stop trying to change how we feel and just give ourselves space to embrace and accept, hey, this is where I am. This is where I'm at. This is how I'm feeling right now. We have the opportunity to dig up so much wisdom about ourselves that we wouldn't otherwise. And I think it makes it more accessible for our brains to feel like, okay, I've been practicing this whole acceptance thing and I've been giving this part of myself space to speak. Let me speak back to it. Let me have a conversation with it. Let me have a dialogue with it to see where it's coming from and what is the wisdom that I know to be true and how can I share that with this part of myself? So let me give you an example. This is a very personal example, but this past December, (laughs) I was having a rough time. I was having a really, really rough time. So what ended up happening was I moved from my apartment in Atlanta that I loved so dearly. I moved to South Georgia to live with my boyfriend's family. So a lot of transitions, very challenging. Um, Then it was Christmas. So it was like Friday, moved, Saturday, Sunday, Christmas. And then very, very shortly after that, like at least by Wednesday, I had gotten COVID. So it was a whirlwind. It was so much. And I got COVID and my partner, my boyfriend, did not get COVID. And so he went, understandably, of course, he went to quarantine in a different space, like a different house entirely. And so I was in a completely new space that I've never been before with people, you know, my boyfriend's family who are lovely and I adore them. And at the time, I didn't really know them. And so they felt pretty close to strangers. And so I was in this entirely new space, quarantining in a room, locked in a room all by myself. And I was so messed up. I was distraught. I was very, very, very much struggling with suicidal thoughts. I was in the storm. I was crying and sobbing. And I was just mentally, I was very, very, very not in a good place. And I was trying to think about it. Like, what is going on here? Like, you know, I had a part of my brain that is like, this is, this is really interesting. (laughs) I had a part of my brain that was like suffering immensely. But then I had this other part of my brain because I was storm journaling, right? And as I was storm journaling, I'm like, this is, this is kind of intense. Like this is, I mean, obviously, yes, it makes so much sense. Like I moved, Christmas was a lot overstimulating. Um, I got COVID, like that does some things. And so, uh, but I was curious, right? Storm journaling gave me the opportunity to be curious. And I journaled and journaled and journaled until finally, days later, it must've been like four days later, I had this light bulb epiphany moment. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I am so upset right now. Yes, partly because of the circumstances that I am in, but also even more importantly for the threads that connected back to when I was 16 years old and my mom had just passed away and my dad had moved us, him and I, from my home, all of my friends that I had grown up with, all of the friends that I knew, to Georgia, so from Massachusetts to Georgia, to an entirely new place an entirely new state and he left me he basically left me with my grandma so he like brought me to Georgia he was there for not very long and then he almost immediately left to go live in Maine without me <laughs> and so I realized oh my gosh 
my brain and my body are telling me in this moment, like, hey, this experience is bringing us back to this old abandonment wound, right? This old deep pain that I had of traveling, moving somewhere completely new with like basically a stranger, right? My grandma at that point, like I never lived with her. I visited her maybe once a year. I didn't really know her. She wasn't my dad. She wasn't my mom. And then being abandoned, right? My dad left, my boyfriend left. And the similarity, the resonance in those experiences, all of a sudden it clicked and it was this light bulb moment and it gave me so much relief, truly, to to have this moment of clarity and understanding and be like, oh my gosh, this is what's going on here. And so I want to share that story because, right, I think a lot of times in our culture, there's a sort of way of thinking of like, oh yeah, if you think, you know, if you quote unquote let yourself think bad thoughts or be emotional, that's nothing good will come of that. Nothing helpful will come of that. But I will speak for myself. I have dozens of experiences like this where I have the moment because I'm journaling or typing on my phone of the light bulb going off and being like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. Or this helps me remember a really, really important moment for me. And now gives me a a foundation of understanding for how to take care of myself, how to ask for what I need, how to honor my needs even better going forward. So I want to share that with you. I want to share storm journaling with you. And again, super accessible. I don't, I really don't feel like there are any prompts I could share with you, but if I, if you were to twist my arm, um, (laughs) I guess the prompts, if it's helpful for you, Some prompts I can offer, again, they're very, very simple and very straightforward. How are you feeling right now? What's going on in your brain? What feels scary? What feels hard? What are you worried about? I think those would be good starting points. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me. I hope this was helpful. I hope this gave you some ideas. And if you try storm journaling, tell me how it feels. Tell me how it goes for you. Um, You can contact me by email. My email is tina at comfortandkindness.co or you can reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is comfortandkindness. So yeah, let me know how it goes for you. I'd love to hear and thank you again for joining me. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.